0: Coming to you from New York City, everyone's favorite conservative in New York, host of The Christopher Wright Show, Christopher Wright.
1: All right, we're live, guys. Um, Welcome back to another live stream. Like I said, I'm going to try to do this at least once a week where I bring on a guest, whether they're liberal or conservative. Today, we have conservative in New York, Christopher Wright. It's glad to have you back on the channel, man. I'm glad to have you back on. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience.
0: Thank you, brother. Mike Magnificent. It's a pleasure, it's an honor, man, to be on with you again, man. Uh, I'm known as, in here in New York, as everybody's favorite conservative in New York, Christopher Wright. You can find me on YouTube. I just started my new show, The Christopher Wright Show. You can find out on all the platforms, Apple, you know, Google, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me on YouTube under the same title, the Christopher Wright Show, and that's Wright like Wright Brothers with a W. Um, Chris Wright N N Y. You can find me on uh, on Facebook, Instagram, everything. Just so you know, you type in Christopher Wright, Christopher Wright Show uh, on Google, you see a lot of my stuff pop up. But uh, that's mainly you can find me the Christopher Wright Show. Make sure you put the with the at the beginning, and you'll find me on a lot of platforms.
1: Cool. And I don't know if you got a chance to see the thumbnail that I made for this video, but I found a photo of you with a bullhorn and it looked like you were talking to a crowd. So what was that? What was that event you were at?
0: Okay. Yeah. There was a couple of times I was a couple of events. Um the one I think believe you're referring to was at Palisades Mall in New Upstate New York area. And that was when the Trump, you know, the whole we were doing a mega um, interstate rally. Uh shout out to my uh, good friend of mine, Yvonne, who set that up by the way. And we had a bunch of just a, a whole like just a whole line of cars that's going down the interstate, it was MAGA supporters, you know, Trump 2020, all that good stuff. And that was during the elections. So we went out there and we they had me like be one of the speakers at the event. So I got out there with the loudspeaker and I spoke to the crowd. And it was it was one of the most amazing moments of my life, to be honest with you. I mean, so many Trump supporters all around me in a crowd in a circle. And I'm just speaking from the heart, you know, no practice, no, I just went out there and spoke what I how I felt, man. And people really could feel it through the passion. And it was an amazing moment, man. And, you know, a lot of people came out that day it was historical. And, you know, it's just that was the event I was at though, with, with the loudspeaker. But it's been a few. Yeah. And didn't
1: you come on the scene by uh, walk away? Didn't you have like a walk away video back in uh, wh- when was that? Like twenty eighteen. Is that how you kind of blew up and found yourself with this platform?
0: Yeah. Time flies. It was twenty eighteen. And uh, it was it was funny to make a long story short. Uh, I was on Facebook. I lost a lot of my friends and family when I supported Trump. And I was one day I was on Facebook after getting unfriended after Trump won the election. A lot of my friends and family unfriended me or blocked me or whatever. I was going to rant and a good friend of mine, Quan Lene Green, shout out to Quan, by the way. She told me, like she saw me going to rant, like, why don't you start making videos? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, come on. She knows me very well. I'm like, I only like taking pictures at that time. I'm like, I don't even take pictures. Man. Give me a break. But she's like, no, seriously, you should consider it. You know, you're going to these rants. You're actually saying something. You, you should get the message out there a different way. So I was like, she's like, make me a quick video just talking about your day and I'll tell you what I think. So next day I made a quick video just about my New York day, which was an interesting day that day. But uh, I told her and she was like, you know, when I, when I said it to her, she really liked it. And she said, you know, it was really good. You made me laugh. It was interesting. And I'm like, really? I can be serious. She's like, no, it was really good. You really good at uh, good at this. I'm like, oh, wow. OK, thank you. So I, on the way home from work the next day, I watched Brandon Strock and I saw his video. And I was on the bus on the way home from work. You know, New York public transportation way to go. We don't have cars out here usually. Uh, so I was on the bus on the way home from work and I saw Brandon's video telling his walkaway testimonial and it was like moving to hearing his message You know I mean, as a gay hairstylist in Manhattan Brandon Strzok real patriot man, and I, and I was hearing it, like wow, this is really amazing I said at the very end he said if you have a story share the video with me and I'll share it on my Facebook page So I said okay sure so I got the car and if you watch my very first video That's why I begin it with you know hey, Here's my walkway testimonial and what better way to walk away story while you're walking away I was literally walking home from work, so I just started walking through uh the part of Brooklyn I was living at the time, just telling my story. And I sent it to Brandon and he posted it and it went viral on Facebook and it just blew up. So when I saw it blew up like that, I was like, Wow, it caught me all car. I didn't expect none of that. I was gonna all these friend requests, all this stuff just happened like overnight. And <clears> oh, sorry about that, I dropped my phone there. But it really was uh you know just very amazing just seeing how quickly things grew. So I just tagged my YouTube channel. I made a YouTube channel on the spot, just tagged my name on the post. Instead, said, if you like my content, I'm going to keep making content at least once a week, check out my YouTube channel. And i just been growing from there. And it's been two years since then. And, you know, the walkway movement's still going powerful and strong. I helped them out whenever I can, but that is pretty much, yeah, the walkway. I always give credit to Brandon Strock and the walkway movement.
1: Dope, dope. Yeah. And you remember I made a Walkaway video myself. I actually made two of them back then. And that's actually how my platform really blew up. I had a YouTube channel probably for like six months before that, but I didn't even have a thousand subscribers at that point. And then when I made the two walkaway videos, put them on the Facebook page, it just blew up. And next thing I know, Mark Levin played one of them on his show. And I was just like blown away by that because that before that I had never had any real exposure. So that was kind of crazy. But what do you think about how Facebook and I don't know if this has changed in the last couple of weeks, but it looks like they actually deleted and dumped down the memory hole the entire walkaway
0: Facebook page which had thousands of testimonials. What do you think about it? Oh, it disgusted me. It was a straight attack on free, our freedom of speech. I mean, I, I when I found out Brandon, of course, you know, he, you know, Brandon's very vocal as we all know. He got out there and made it let it be known like this is what they did to lead my whole the Facebook uh, fan page that I created when I started walk away and it really hurt me to the core, man, because I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't maybe both of us wouldn't be here if it wasn't for walk away. And me personally, like he had a Twitter and a Facebook page at the time for walk away. Some people got their videos out there on Twitter that got a lot of attention. Mine was on Facebook. So that part, that particular group that got just wiped out like that, that was just disgusting to me. And there were so many just amazing stories on there. If, you know, I would go there just every now and then, even I was having like kind of a rough day, I'd go in there and watch a couple of people just telling their walk away story. And it was always different voices, different people, different, you know, uh, men, women, you know, different religions. Uh, everything, you know, it's just people just all around the country and the world saying their walkaway stories. So that really just really hurt, man. And I ended up that moment I heard it, I went on Instagram and I tagged Brandon uh, Mike Harlow as well, another, uh, you know, patriot for the walkaway movement. Uh, and I put the Unsilent video that they that we did a while back where the, we all had to, um, un, like, Unsilent, like we were just saying Unsilent, like Unsilent. And some people who had like tape on their mouth saying, and rip it off and say Unsilent. And we all did this video, like a collage for the Unsilent portion of the walkway movement that brandon's doing as well so i just reposted that video again after about about almost a year of us doing that collage and once i did that that whole situation got a lot of attention and i just wanted to let people know like you know this is beyond um you know just a facebook fan page the walkway movement is not going to be just you can't stop it that way brandon's fighting right now he says he's in the process of getting things done he says he has a big announcement to make regarding that so hopefully it's uh something in the courtroom where he's striking back and getting things done in that area because we need to fight back because this is unconstitutional. What's happening to us as conservatives on social media.
1: Yeah. And it's such a delusion that uh, Facebook thinks they can just dump it down the memory hole and people are just going to forget. And everybody that made those videos are just going to disappear or their (laughs) beliefs will change. It's like, actually what you just did was it's going to be the Streisand effect by trying to keep people from seeing it. They're going to seek it out more and more people are going to walk away. And, And at the time, it was walking away from the Democrat Party. Right. But I think over time it evolved and became a movement of unity and of liberty and just pushing back against the government. Right. Like it's less about Democrat and Republican now and more about the people versus the state. That's really what it's always been. If we're being honest, it's always been about it's real people versus real. the state. Right. But now we're seeing that the state will crush everybody. It doesn't matter. What your political allegiance is we should all be unified under that and i think that's what they're most afraid of is people coming together and realizing who the real problem is and see they
0: and they love to spout unity this unity that joe Biden with this whole unity thing it's like i tell people all the time if you look at the democratic party and i know i know it's not just about parties but i'm the same when, when you look at the left really because they don't the want to really get into the situation that's making this so, so divisive is they're so quick to say oh we're about you know the black community we're about the lgbt community we're about all these communities but yet, I tell you all the time, if you don't follow their narrative that they have for that community, they'll give they'll attack you in a heartbeat. They're all about inclusion as long as you follow the narrative. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of times with a lot of these political groups. And you see it on the right as well. not as much as the left. But you're seeing it now with Trump being attacked, you know, even by Rhino Republicans, you know, the Mitch McConnell's of the world and anything like that. So it's just something that I think we just need to separate from. That's why I'm always talk about in my videos, like I'm about meeting in the middle. Let's meet in the middle and converse. Let's talk. Let's de- de- we can have debates and a friendly debates, even if we debate. But there's so many things we can do. We can meet in the middle to get things done. But we're so divided right now with everything. And these politicians are using like identity politics and, you know, all this other foolishness to divide us even further.
1: Yeah. When they say unity, what they really mean is you need to bow, obey, submit. That's really what it means is fall in line because everybody else who doesn't fall in line is going to be ostracized, cast out you know, uh, that's kind of what their end game is really is to right now, like the rhetoric they've been using has been like, we're, we're going to make lists of all these Trump supporters. They need to be deprogrammed. They are a uh, MAGA terrorists. They're doing a lot of things right now that don't sound like they want to unify, which doesn't come as a shock. It shouldn't come as a shock to anybody that's paying attention. Their goal isn't actually to unify it's to bow and make people, make people bow and submit. And also, to target their opposition. People that refuse to bow and submit, they're gonna target them. And that would be us. People who are outspoken online, people who have a big following, they're the ones that are um, gonna be targeted. You know, they're, they're already targeted me. They took me down on Facebook and Instagram and I don't even Anything hardly post there. on Instagram. Like my, wow. it's one thing if they wanna go after my Facebook page, right? Cause on my Facebook page, I post some stuff and whatever. its It's a lot more tame on my Instagram, at least it was. I was just highlighting hypocrisy. That was pretty much it because my following on Instagram is mostly friends and family, people that are on the left or people that just don't really pay attention to politics. And I would show them stuff like, hey, look, here's Joe Biden saying you ain't black, but you're all talking about Trump. You know, I would show a bunch of different things, but they got rid of it because, you know, it's a way for them to to try to demoralize me and make me give up. And that's what their goal is because they know that the more people, That come over to this side, the more people that listen to people like me that are gonna show them, hey, look, both sides are actually doing this to us. And here's a time when the left did this exact same thing and you just kind of let it go. You know, they don't like that because more people coming over this side means it's trouble for them.
0: Yes, exactly. And that's what it is. And as a lot of like you said, they call it the red pill effect, you know, on our side, we joke around with it, like the whole matrix movie and everything like that. But it's true. Like a lot of people, like I tell people all the time, like one of the stories I like to tell people is when I first started like just being a part of the whole MAGA movement, started saying I'm supporting Trump because Dr. Ben Carson was the first candidate I was looking at. And then as time went by at the media screwed his chances over with the live oh West Point situation, I ended up supporting Trump. And a lot of my friends were Bernie Sanders supporters. <clears throat> Excuse me. I grew up in Maryland. A lot of my friends in Maryland were uh, Democrats or, well, you know, Maryland's a very blue state. But a lot of my friends, you know, they're younger. So they weren't like just like Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton. They were like, you know, they were big Bernie supporters. And I would tell them, I'm like, you know, Bernie like has no chance of winning. Right. Like and they were, and they were like, well, why are you talking about? You know, Bernie's a good candidate. And I'm like, I'm not talking about his politics. I'm not talking about let's talk about like look at the fact that. He's not going to get superdelegates. He can't get the super There's no way he can win the superdelegates. Hillary's going to screw him over when it comes to that. He can do as well. He good as he wants. Get all the people support he wants. But when it comes down to the super delegates, he's going to screw him over. And they would say, "Okay, no, Chris, no, you don't know talk about you just a Trump support, yada yada." So when the time came and you know the dean had the whole you know primaries and everything like that, when it came down to the super they went to Hillary. But uh, Bernie got screwed over, and a lot of them were upset. And when I saw that a lot of them were upset, I didn't come at them and make fun of them, mock them or nothing like that. I'll just message them one-on-one and say, you know, remember when I was telling you that months ago that this was going to happen? And I was like, maybe you should just consider looking at the right, looking at Trump, you know, consider another candidate. And a lot of them had questions for me and I just answered the questions. Like, you know, here's the answers. Broke it down for them, very simple. And after that, they're like, okay, you know, I hear what you're saying, man, I'll consider it. And a lot of them now, about 80% of those people I spoke with are now Trump supporters. And, you know, and so it's like, One of those things where if you just show people that this hypocrisy, you should show people like the, the, what they're not seeing, what the media is not showing them when it comes to politics, when they realize it, the ones who are just, you know, independent minded, independent thinkers who think for themselves, a lot of people will consider what you're saying and, and, you know, take what you're saying seriously and think for themselves and the media, the establishment does not like that. They don't like people think for themselves. They like the sheeple mentality, the sheeple flock mentality. And when they see people like us who are coming out and telling people to look at the bigger picture, they do whatever it takes to censor us and shut us down because, like the parents, he tells you, you know, the truth hurts, and it hurts the people in the higher ups as well, the globalists out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's so true. And what I think we have right now, and I've been telling people this uh, pretty much since last week, if not a few weeks before, because I I, I kind of knew that Trump wasn't going to be reelected after. SCOTUS didn't even want to hear the Texas case. I'm like, okay, SCOTUS didn't want to hear it. It's not going to happen. So I started to kind of accept the reality that they're just going to go ahead and rig Biden into the presidency. So I started shifting my focus towards, all right, well, let's try to look at the silver lining. Let's try to figure out a way to be effective going forward because the sky isn't falling just yet. And anybody telling you the sky is falling that's that's not helping. That doesn't help anything. That doesn't move the needle. It doesn't change anything. It's more about accepting the reality that he is the president. He has his hands on the nuclear codes. He's ne- negotiating trade deals. He is in the White House. He's signing executive orders. That's the reality, right? Yeah. A lot of people don't want to hear me say that that's the reality, but that's the actual reality. So what we have right now is a tremendous opportunity to win people over if we play our cards right. And I made a video a couple of days ago. I was out having fun doing a man on the street video here in Florida. And I, I, I took a picture of this, uh, this sign. Well, it was a flag somebody had on their car said, Biden is not my president. And so I titled the video Viva la resistance, because that's kind of what we are now. We're the resistance So we have Mm. a golden opportunity to not only highlight how crazy the left was like Biden's not my president. Just like they said, Trump wasn't their president. And, you know, exposing him and exposing the hypocrisy from the media. But we can also win people over by showing them what the media can't cover up. The media can only cover up so much. They can only put a positive spin on so many things. We can highlight all the things that Biden has done already, which we're going to go over here in his executive orders to win people over. Because a lot of people thought that Trump was the problem. So as long as we get him out of office, because there's a lot of people who voted just because they hated Trump, they thought that, well, once we get him out of office, everything will be good. We'll go back to normal. Well, not so fast. Gas prices are going to go up. That's a prime example of something. How's the media going to put a spin on that and make it seem positive? So we can win people over by showing the hypocrisy, but then also showing them, look what's happening under Biden. Do you feel better off is your is your bank account better off? Do you feel more optimistic now or do you feel more pessimistic? Because you can now draw a contrast between what Biden is doing versus what Trump did. Mm. It makes it clear, crystal clear. And now that Trump is not dominating the headlines, I didn't really like that. He was the focal point of their headlines because it should have always been on what the Democrats were doing and the opposition to him and how globalism is bad. But now it's all on them. The the 100 percent of the headlines. Have to be about Biden and what the Democrats are doing now that they have control of both the House and the Senate.
0: Oh, I absolutely agree. I tell you all the time, like you know, we're seeing like this situation with the Keystone Pipeline that happened. You know, you see the union workers coming out, you know, saying, "Hey, you know," like instantly, like day two of, of Biden's presidency, they're saying, oh, "Look, we're losing our jobs. We our, jo- our careers are at risk here. Like we're lo- this is our lifeline here," and. People are seeing this, and the news has to, like I said, they have to, they have to portray it because of the fact that it's just the Biden presidency. They they run the house, they run the senate. Everything's on them. I say they can no longer do the orange man bad theory. They can no longer say, oh well, Trump did this and Trump did that, and oh you know what about Trump and. uh, it's like, okay. And like I said, this is kind of like in a weird, strange way. And I know people might like, like hearing this, but when it's all, was all set and done. Like, so I got to the point too, like right before the January 20th, when I kind of said, you know what, this is, it is what it is. And the SCOTUS was pretty much that point for me as well. So, but it, I went through like phases. I was very upset at very at the very beginning when I saw they were stealing the election, all that stuff like that. Then um, when SCOTUS backed down, I was kind of already at the point where I was kind of like, okay, it is what it is. And by the time now I'm at a point where I'm like, all right, know what, you can have it. You can have the presidency, you have the House, you can have the Senate. From this point on, whatever happens, it's on you guys. So, and I know what, you know, already know by following you, what you guys have been saying, which, you know, you guys barely have policies, but the few policies you do have are this radical leftist agenda where, you know, 0.5% of the population is going to really know what you're talking about. So now the floor that you guys floor is yours, do what you want, do whatever you will, and let's see what happens. And you're already seeing some of the policies that Biden is signing. It's just some insane stuff that nobody's talked talked about or complained about in the past or had issues with in this country in the majority level. And now he's getting these bills passed, and people are like, "What is going on with this presidency?" It's like this is what you voted for. You guys said no, so it's like I'm kind of just at a point where I was like, "Let Trump kind of just you dealt with this craziness for four years, you know, five years technically." We talk about him when he was running. Number relax you know, relax the Mar-a-Lago, do what you got to do, go, you know, enjoy, have some golf and do what, you know, relax because you went through so much and no president of American history had to go through other than him. No president of U.S. history has ever had dealt with this much stress in our past president had to deal with. So let him rebuild. And while that's happening, let's just put everything on the Biden presidency and see what happens. And when things aren't going as planned for the left, especially the, the far left groups like Black Lives Matter, and Antifa, then, you know, let's see what, how things, it have to happen. Like the pendulum, the pendulum is swinging right now, and it's when it swings back to the left way. It's not going to be pretty, and uh, that's why I feel it's eventually going to happen. Exactly, and that's what I've been saying. Like it's
1: kind of a blessing in disguise. If the goal is to wake more people up, now that you get Trump out of the way, now all the things that they wanted have come to fruition, or they will. Now you can say, "Hey, look, is this really what you wanted? I mean, were all of the COVID deaths really Trump's fault? Were they really? If now." They're still happening under Biden. Biden just admitted that he has no way to stop the pandemic, but he campaigned on, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. But then he goes on on record to say, I actually have no way to stop this. Okay. Mm. Well, all this time, all last year, he said Trump didn't handle the economy and he he didn't handle the pandemic. Well, what is Biden doing? Mm. See, because the thing is, and I was saying this in the video, I'm like, well, it's all Biden's fault. Every police shooting, every COVID death, all it's like, they're not actually Biden's fault just like they weren't Trump's fault but if we want to play that game and be hypocritical okay so your guy who you got in office hasn't changed anything so maybe that wasn't the problem maybe Trump wasn't the problem you know Biden you know he came out and said that and then he he signed this mask mandate 100 in, uh, 100 days i guess mask challenge right these are things that were already in place only thing is he's saying you have to wear a mask on federal property now But it's not an actual plan to get back to normal. It's not a plan to open up the economy. These are things that I think people will wake up and see. Nothing has changed. Biden is doing this exact same stuff. Everything that happened under Trump is going to happen under Biden because a lot of that stuff is just the way the world is, right? You're going to have police brutality. You're going to have a lot of things that I disagree with, of course, but those things have nothing to do with the president. I mean, if you look at the riots in Portland and Seattle, I mean, if you said that that was Trump's fault before, it's now Biden's fault. Either it's Mm. Biden's fault now or it wasn't Trump's fault and it's nobody's fault. And we need to actually dig the problem up by the root. So then you can have a real conversation. You're forcing people to be honest at that point. If you start blaming Biden for stuff and say, hey, look, Biden has not stopped this pandemic. We had 20,000 deaths since his inauguration. What's going on? I thought Trump was the reason people died. Then you're forcing them to be honest about it or they got to double down and say, yeah, I guess it's Biden's fault. See, you get what I'm saying? You can kind of get people to come to the table. And these are just people that are willing to have a rational conversation and think for themselves, which I know some of our followers probably say, you can't talk to the left there. We can't live with them. It's like, but you do with live with them. Mm-hmm. And a plenty of people like me used to be at least adjacent to the left before I had my awakening. So now I think we're just going to have another awakening. It's just going to be another wave of millions of people who start to see what's happening and they they're going to join our side. This is the real movement of unity. This is the real anti-establishment. This is the real resistance. This yes. is the real liberty movement. That's a fact because the people that think that they're the resistance are all they're funded by big corporations. They get big sponsorships, they get media coverage, they get Hollywood and entertainers to back their movement. So I'm like, what resist what are you resisting if The entire establishment backs your cause. I'm talking about BLM, Black Lives Mm -hmm. Matter, painted on the NBA court. You got NHL players, NFL players, MLB players taking a knee. You got celebrities changing their things. to black square. It's like, is that really is that really the resistance? If you guys are being backed
0: by all these people like it just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. One of my favorite quotes is a quote from Paul Joseph Watson. And I got this shirt because when I was younger, when I was on the left, I was, uh, you know, one of those Democrats. You could catch me wearing a Che Guevara shirt. And, you know, I thought I was, you know, missed. I knew everything. You couldn't tell me anything back then. But now that I'm older, I got more mature. I became more conservative. But I got a shirt I used to wear, like the Che Guevara shirt. Now I definitely don't wear that now. But what I have is the same looking design, but with Paul Joseph Watson's face. And you think it looks like Che, but when you're closer. You're like, who is that guy? And it's Paul Joseph Watson. It says, conservatism is a new counterculture. And I live by that quote, man. Like I, when I, as soon as I got that shirt, I understood exactly what he meant when he said it. Uh, I got the shirt, like, you know, to kind of get the match to go with it because it is the truth. We are like, you know, people talk about, you know, the rebellion, like the rebellious side of America and like, you know, just in the world history, there's been rebels in different countries that reveled against the establishment. And a lot of people, they, you know, they, they left wants to be a part of that so bad. They want to think they are that so bad. But in reality, we are that, that movement. We are, you know, I mean, that we are the, you see, because you look at the establishment media, they don't like us, <laughs> social media, the established social media, they, they censoring us. And we're, they're not censoring us because we're telling people to murder people or, you know, attack women or nothing. We're not saying nothing like that. We're just saying hey, we love our country and You know, oh, protect the Constitution and you know Second Amendment rights. You know, oh, freedom of speech. You know, just stuff like this. That's like this is just people loving America, the United States of America, and that's seen as nowadays as being a rebel, as being a radical, as being somebody who's spreading hate speech, and that is what I'm trying to tell people right now. That's why I'm choosing to fight this cause because to me, it's no longer it's a Republican Democrat thing, uh, conservative liberal. It's right or wrong. And it's gotten to that point. It's like when I left the Democratic Party and I voted Republican for the first time, I didn't vote for Donald Trump saying to myself, OK, I'm a lifelong Republican now. I said, OK, I honestly was going it like Donald Trump. I was like, man, I lost a lot of my friends and my family supporting you, voting for you. Just please don't make me look bad kind of thing. You know, I'm just. But if you do, I'll go back and vote. Go to the next Democrat coming in. there, No problem. Like I'll give I'm giving a Republican a chance. I'm, I'm open minded. I'm independent thinker. I'm just taking this opportunity to see what happens. And. When I went to the Republican side of things, what happened is the left. Didn't, I didn't leave the left. The left left me, and they just went so far left. I just looked back at them like, "What are you guys doing?" Like, you know, I, I saw little signs of things, especially in the second term of Obama's presidency, of some radical leftist behavior, like the whole transgendered and, and the girls, little girls' room and stuff like that, and you know, uh, you know, just little things like that. I'm like, "Why is this even?" being talked about right now. This is not important what's going on, in America. Like, why is he trying to get these things passed? So that made me really step away from Obama's presidency and look at the right really like strongly at that point. So, you know, when I when when Trump became president, the left just went all the way radical with that kind of with those kind of policies and that way of thinking that I was just like, I just looked at him like there's no way I can come back to you guys. You guys or if you guys are gonna be talking about this and be this is going to be your main focus, I'm not gonna come back to this because it's to me is just some of this the stuff that you're trying to pass, I don't know what to say other than it's evil. And I, I can't be a part of that. Like the late-term abortion and post-mortem abortion that they're doing here in New York, where they can kill a baby in his third term. And, and in some cases, when a baby's born, they can they, they can after ask, ask the mother. The father has no right to on this on this matter. They only ask the mother if do you want she wants to kill the baby or not? And if she says yes, they can that's murder, murder the baby. And that's just the stuff that we the leftist politicians are focusing on right now. And there's no way impossible that I can be a part of that at all. I don't even want to discuss that. That's not even a question for me, just on my faith alone.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's the thing. That's just it right there, is having a mind for yourself and not falling into the cult of personality. Like For me, it was never about Trump. I thought he was the best man for the job, but it's about us, right? If Trump one you day decided- you know what, we're going to take away guns and I support abortion, then I would be off of the Trump train, right? It's that simple because right. I operate from a principled position. I don't care if it's Trump, if it's Rand Paul, if it's Ron Paul, I don't care. I have my values. I have my beliefs. I put freedom, God and family above everything else. Um, that's the way it is. And that's the way it is for most people. But you you know, have some people that are so tied to Trump that it's like, it's all about Trump and they tie their hope and faith to him and I feel like it's so dangerous. Like I'm genuinely concerned about the mental health of people that are still trusting some plan of government coming to save you. Like, no, government is not going to come and save you. No, there's no white hats in government that are going to save you. We need to shrink the government, period. That's how I feel about it. That's what I've been saying. I know some people, a, a handful, and I'm sure you've probably had them too, that are, they find it unpopular. They don't like it. They, they don't, they think like you're lost. You need to continue trusting the plan. It's still going to happen. It's like, no, th- this is so much bigger than Trump. This is this is way bigger than Trump. This is actually a global thing. Mm-hmm. right? If you look at what Biden's executive orders are, and we'll go into them here in a second, this is globalism. This is the great reset. This is new world order. This is for real. This is right here. It's happening now. Nobody's coming along to save us. It's going to be us rebelling. It's going to be this counterculture movement and it starts with embracing some of these alternative social media platforms. It starts with people snapping out of it. It starts with uh, winning over people who voted for Biden. I think it will be so easy if we play our cards right, if we just get the information out there and show them side-by-side comparison. Like, hey, look, and uh, this actually worked. This strategy worked on family members. When I tra- talked to family members that we're kind of like, you know, in the middle. They're like, I don't like Trump. He's divisive, his tweets or whatever. But I don't think Biden is the answer. He's been in politics for 50 years and he passed the 94 crime bill. He called it the Biden crime bill, even though mm. he even tried to say, Oh, it was both parties. Mm. They they're like, I'm, you know, I don't know what to do. So I came in and said, Hey, look, two things can be true at once. Do you see the gas prices right now? do you like that you've been able to grow your business? Cause I have a family of entrepreneurs and stuff. I'm like, do you like that? You're able to make more money. And then also, do you see what's happening on the left? The people that are resisting Trump, which America do you want to live in? I mean, you don't have to like the man, but you could like this country enough to want to keep it and preserve it and preserve the constitution. That's reason enough alone to cast your vote for him. You don't have to get a MAGA hat. It's fine. I think we can get more of those people. As long as we aren't so completely tied to one person, I think it's 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 huge that we can grow this movement and we have a golden opportunity to do it right now while all of the spotlight is on Biden. You know, the left no, like you said, it's satanic. It's it's an inversion of reality. They invert reality. That is that is wicked stuff right there to convince you that it's normal to wear a mask. It's not normal. To breathe fresh air and have your face uncovered and live fearless. It's more normal to wear a mask, hide from germs, take a vaccine, uh close down your business, mm-hmm. uh, you know, abort a baby. I mean, they they've convinced us that it's normal. They they got people brainwashed to say stuff like pro-choice, pro-choice. That's because they can't say what it actually is. It's murder. They have to use a euphemism to describe it. They call it pro-choice, they call it abortion. If you, if you were to the life of a pregnant woman you would get charged with double homicide but yet they're telling you it's not a baby until it's born all these things that they've inverted and uh superimposed on a lot of people brainwashing them to think make them think that it's normal we're the only species on the planet that will abort our offspring and see it as normal it just doesn't make any sense but that that's just not to be stuck on abortion but these are things that we can uh, crack through. We can shatter this matrix. And I think we can do it once and for all under this Biden presidency because it's going to be that bad. It's going to be so bad that people uh, will will have no choice but to see it in the media won't be able to cover it up. That's what I think can happen.
0: No, you, you nailed it, man. I couldn't have said any better than that, Mike. You was very, very well said, man. And that's why what I'm doing right now, I, see, I got a group here in New York that I founded, as we spoke on this before, the CRA, the Conservative Republican Alliance of New York. And everybody listening out there, go check it out. You can find me on Twitter, on Facebook, and YouTube, all that good stuff. And what my, my group, when I found that group was under the Trump's presidency, it was about two years in his presidency. So many people reaching out to me, doing my videos in the comment section, say I'm in New York. I'm conservative. I I, I didn't know. I, I thought I was the only one out here. So many people reached out to me. I end up saying, let's get together and get a group and let's get things done. So I got the group together. It's been growing. We've been doing events, rallies, really just amazing. I've seen the growth of it. But my main message now, after this whole Trump situation because a lot of people were down in the dump so really like you know especially on the right people some people like I said some people believe in this plan and like you know the underground military underneath the White House you know and all this crazy stuff and I was just like no nah, I can't be a part of that I, I'm I like a good conspiracy theory don't get me wrong but a good conspiracy is something we can see some truth there and something reality is still there. When you lose reality you're 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 going too far beyond. And if you look at what Trump has been telling us since his presidency when it comes to MAGA it's it says it's bigger than him. And if you look at the term, even the term MAGA, presidents have been saying "Make America Great Again" before Trump. You know, Reagan said that during his campaign, his presidency. So when Trump came out and said "Make America Great Again," I wasn't thinking like, "Oh, we're talking about slavery." Risk. I was like, "No, I know the America that I grew up in, the America my father in the military fought for." When I the America when I saw the Berlin Wall fall as a little boy, seeing another country get freedom because of my country, give you no know, fighting for them, like it was like I know what that means. And so the MAGA is beyond Trump. Trump's just a man. Um, I was if he would have got four years him getting four years or him getting eight years, it wouldn't have mattered. when Trump was out of office. I would have still been talking about making America great again. And like I said, this is like you said, Mike, this is a great opportunity for people on the right right now. I know it's hard because of the, the timing of where we're at right now. But this, like you said, this is a great opportunity for us not to just warrow and throw in the flat and the white flag and just say, I give up or, you know, whatever. This is time for us to fight more now than ever and not fight in an Antifa Black Lives Matter way, burning down buildings, acting foolish but to get together, and like I said, I want to do like food drives and everything with the CRA now, stuff like that, and have like, you know, pro-America gear on, you know, not necessarily even like, of course, people can have the MAGA gear if they want, but you don't have to necessarily have the MAGA gear, just anything like Victor Not Victim shirts, or like I have a Victor Not Victim shirt, uh, Big Government Sucks, I have a shirt that says that, so just shirt, shirts that kind of make a message, and, you know, MAGA gear as well, whatever, but we're going out and doing our food drives, and when people say, you know, oh, who do you guys, you guys are really doing a great job, thank you for your help, who do you, who are you out here for? I'll tell them I'm, we represent MAGA. You know we're part of MAGA, and they're gonna be looking at us like, "What well, Trump's not president anymore? Like, what are you guys doing out here?" And it's like, no, it's not about Trump. It's never been just about Trump. It's about our country. We love our country. We want to see our country being great, and we're gonna we're out here to fight on behalf of the country. So I think this is our chance to show them that. So when Biden is doing terrible at governing, which he's already shown, he's you know what he's did with the National Guard, put him in the garage. You know, after inauguration after that and live and sleep on the cold floor and everything like that, he's already shown you signs of him not being able to leave. So we had four years of this. And that's, you know, if mentally he's able to make it that long because it looks like, you know, he's so far out there when it comes to just his mental health that we might be dealing with Kamala Harris, you know, God forbid, as a president. But, you know, either way, let them govern the way we know, Mean you, especially a lot of our listeners know they're going to govern. And when they're doing bad and set, you know, let them go do bad over there. But on our side, on our end, we'd be doing good things. And when people can see it now on an outside the box level where, you know, Trump's not there. He's a great president, great leader, in my opinion. But one thing about Trump is he drew so much attention and so much negative attention from the left that even when he was doing good things, it was overshadowed by the media just being negative, 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 always negative. So now with Trump out of the picture in that media kind of way. The focus is all going to be on the left when it comes to leading and governing. So when they're doing a bad job, we're doing good. People can see the bigger picture. And if we're not mocking the left, if we're not pushing them away, making fun of them, you know, and 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 they can see, OK, all right. Now, when it's all said and done. Like, Trump is gone. The Democrats run the House and the Senate. The part side, the side I want to be on is you guys side. And. We can welcome him in. We, we can bring a lot of people over. Like I told you earlier with the Bernie Sanders supporters, my friends. I read to a lot of people at that very moment. We had the same opportunity on a larger scale right now.
1: Exactly. And that's why I feel so like optimistic. I feel like this was this was obviously a part of God's plan. It wasn't his plan to have Trump be in office for four more years. It wasn't. I mean, no. um, here we are right now, and this we basically already have a third party. We do. I mean, Trump was the figurehead. I mean, you can see now clearly that there's three parties. There's the establishment. Really, you, I guess you could say there's four parties. You got the neoliberals, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world. Then you got the far left. You got AOC, Bernie Sanders, and you know some of the more antifa types, BLM types, Marxist types. Then you've got the Rhino Republicans, the the Nikki Haley's, the the um. Lindsey Graham's, Mitch McConnell's, the establishment Rhino Republican Party. And then you've got the MAGA party. I like the term MAGA party over Patriot party because MAGA has true meaning to it. If you ask everybody what a Patriot is, I mean, there's plenty of different answers you'll get. Biden says wearing a mask makes you a Patriot. I mean, but the MAGA party, it represents the values and beliefs that we have as a country. And it's a majority. It's a coalition. It's a lot of people it's immigrants who moved over here. They're part of the MAGA party. It's people from the left that came over. They're like, you know what? I don't It's it, I don't like everything that Trump did. I don't agree with Republicans all the time, but I support the constitution. I support freedom of speech. I believe in the second amendment. I believe we need to uphold liberty. I don't like wars. Okay, cool. You're part of this coalition as well. We're going to grow this movement because we can manage the perception of MAGA right now. This is why I still wear the MAGA hat because it's not about Trump. Trump was just the guy there. He was there, he was a placeholder. Now it's ours to control and manage. And I think that right now we don't have anybody to run in 2024, but we can make a tremendous statement to the rhinos that think that everything's gonna go back to normal, that we'll fall in line and just support them because they're a Republican and they're running against Biden. See, they're gonna throw a bunch of mud at Biden or Kamala or whoever it is and say, Vote for me, I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm gonna bring back America. There, it's gonna be just like uh Kelly Leffler. That's a prime example of what we're gonna see in 2024. Kelly Leffler basically ran her campaign on vote for me because the other guy is a socialist. I'm gonna save America. She didn't talk anything about being America first. She just no. said, vote for me because I'm not him, which is the same thing the Democrats did to Trump. Vote for me because I'm not the racist on the other side. Republicans are gonna try to do the same thing, try to return us to the status quo but this MAGA movement is going
0: to say no. No, I see. I absolutely agree with you on that. And one thing I noticed was when, like when Trump just got elected, um, I would go to some of these, um, I'm not going to you know, say any names. I'm not here to talk beyond anything by his back. but I go to some of these clubs in like the city area. And they were like the, you know, the Republican, you know, establishment more kind of presentation with the club. And I remember at first they were saying no MAGA gear. And I was like, no MAGA gear. I'm like, Trump is a president. He just won a presidency. And this guy's from New York. And you're saying we can't wear mayor gear? Because they were looking at Trump still as like, he is not a Republican. He is not a traditional Republican type. We don't fully accept him. And they, of course, as time went by and he started doing well when it came to how he led and how he's governing, then he's like, all right, you know, okay, we can accept it more. But even then, when they did, there would be, I would talk to people sometimes and they'll say to me, Chris, uh, I like Trump a lot, man. He's, you know, he's really great at leading. I like his policies a lot, but why does he have to tweet so much or, you know, you know, why is he got to be so brash? And I'm like, that's what got the attention to be him become president. If it wasn't for that, he would just be another Jeb Bush up there just blabbering on and not saying anything. And, you know, so we know, you know, what this MAGA thing is and what it really is. Like I said, it's never been about the establishment. Like I said, you look at Trump, even his life, he, I mean, he's younger. He seemed like, you know, he was a Democrat as well. It seemed like in his policies and his, and his beliefs perhaps, and he became more on the Republican side as time went by so it's like he's this is not a traditional format that we're doing right now. And that's why, you know, made me want to really become a part of it, because I, I was looking at it and I was saying, like, you know, like, for one example, I was at, I did an event for the CRA. I called it Turn New York. I did like Turn New York Red. Um, and this is back in like July. And this is, you know, and everything like happened. And Blasio came out and painted Black Lives Matter in front of Trump Tower in a row thought he was like doing some kind of like I don't know what it was. It was just pandering what it was, but I don't know what he was trying to prove. But anyway, so he did it. And, like, you know, that's when uh Beatty, that video with her, you know, putting the paint on it and everything like that happened. Like, week after this, I went out there prior with my group of CRA and we did the Turn New York Red rally right in front of that symbol. And what we were showing people is like, you know, you got these groups out here talking about, you know, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, you know, Black Lives Matter. I say, OK, Black Lives Matter, I can I can do your game. You say Black Lives Matter. I say all Black Lives Matter. What about the black lives that have been lost at all your events in these past six months? What about David Dorn, the, the black officer who was killed protecting his black friend's business and then recording on Facebook Live, mocking him dying and everything like that? And then eventually Black Lives Matter. And, and I was making a lot of statements like this. And, getting, you know, it was getting a lot of attention from people walking by. And eventually Black Lives Matter and Antifa showed up. And when they showed up, they had, you know, like black trans lives matter signs, and stuff like that. And it was like eight people at first and all of them were white. And I wasn't not to bring race into it, but I went up to them. I was like, I have my speakerphone, you know, that you see the picture of it had. And I was just yelling like, I'm like, where are your black people? Where are your black people? Like you guys are talking about black lives matter, but there's no black people. In our side, we had about 300 people out there and about 70, 80 percent of them were minorities. So and so so people were just walking by, not even a part of the situation. And there's like, what is going on right here? These guys are supposed to be like the Trump supporters, but they look more like New York than this group over here. That's all white people. But they're saying their black lives matter. And I just was pointing out that people walking by the bystanders. Look at what this is like. They're claiming their black lives matter. But where are the, they don't have black people there. <laughs> like so, you know, don't you see the hypocrisy in this? Like, don't you see this? And and that's what it, what it really showed me is the strength in the MAGA movement. The MAGA movement is all of America. It's just that's all it is. Making America great again is the statement. It is if you're an American citizen, you can be a part of this group if you love this country. And that's what we were showing people that day. And I want to show people that after Trump's presidency, this is what it is. This is America. This is not about this is not even about almost you not even about politics in a way. It's about citizenship. It's about loving your country. It's like I know people who are from other countries that. Still love that are you know from you know Mexico or, or from Europe or, or Germany or whatever parts of Europe. They want to talk with them, they still love the country that they were born in. They love like they like living in America, they love America, but they still have love for their home country. And home countries might not be in the best conditions, and that's why they're usually in America a lot of times, but he still got love for the country. And it's America seems like one of the only countries where it's like you're looked at as a fascist or a Nazi for loving your own country. And that to me is foolishness. And we need to get away from that as Americans as much as possible, because that's nothing that's going to lead you, nothing to, nothing to, that's to lead you nowhere but to globalism. And that's it. And that's why I'm trying to tell people, as a you know military brat growing up, loving this country, my dad telling me at a young age importance of America. You do not want to step away from what America stands for. And that's what they're trying to have us do on a globalist level, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. And I don't I don't think they're going to be successful. I think it's going to backfire. I just, I have my faith that, you know, this is the last remaining mostly free country. We could obviously be a hundred times more free than we are, but this is the last remaining bastion of freedom in the world. And I say this all the time: if you dim the light of freedom, the world becomes a darker place. There's a reason why people want to come here. There's a reason why people cross oceans to get here, because this is the most free and prosperous nation in the history of humanity this is the best global position anybody can be in and we got to keep it that way by you know i'm now that i'm ha- i'm happy that the dust kind of settled on the election it that was like one of the worst timelines ever i just wanted closure i wanted it to be done
0: yes and amen. i think
1: most people feel that way most people wanted it to be done like they just want to move on and move to the next thing right like what's next because that was very confusing we had a lot of division, but I think now that the dust is settled, we can unify and continue to move forward. That's where we are. So let, let's talk about some of Biden's uh, executive orders. I got a list of them here. Let's talk oh, about cool. first. Yeah, I know. Right. Let's talk about the uh, the Keystone Pipeline. Okay, The Keystone Pipeline was uh, he signed an executive order which ends the Keystone Pipeline. So instantly on day one, he put thousands of people out of work made us more dependent on foreign oil, and all in the name of environmentalism, which we know is a complete and utter lie because we still have dependence on oil. Just because you shut down pipelines doesn't mean we're not going to still buy oil. Now, oil is going to have to transport by railway or by boat. I mean, and people, some of the leftist activists are like, that pipeline had leaks and spills and whatever else. I'm like, so what about oil spills in the ocean? Right? What about sending jobs overseas? His attack on American infrastructure that makes us independent, which is the country we are, independent, self reliant. Our energy independence is important to keeping our gas prices low. He's doing the bidding of big oil, right? Because gas prices are going to go up once we are more dependent on foreign oil, oil that has to be shipped over here. That just. Uh, you know, sets the stage for intervention into Iraq, Syria, other countries in the Middle East, which is going to lead to more turmoil, right? And our gas prices are going to go up. He's doing the bidding of the lobbyists in big oil that vote that, you know, supported him, that funded him. That's exactly what he is, an establishment guy. And you can see it right there with the Keystone Pipeline. So, It really makes me angry because I just bought a truck. The gas is not cheap in that it's going to go up. The cash prices are going to go up as a result of this. And it's going to have the exact opposite effect that he says he wants to have, which is we're going to end fossil fuels and all that. No, you're not. You're not going to end fossil fuels. And if you try to end fossil fuels, then I recommend every farmer in this country, every, every trucker in this country get together and have one of those like tractor protests like they did in Germany. Those the machines that we use to farm and feed our country run on fossil fuels. You need fossil fuels. If you were trying to set up some kind of uh, other grid, if you try to set up like a solar panel grid or wind turbines, those rely on fossil fuels. In fact, they'll probably use more fossil fuels and be less efficient in the process. So another opportunity to wake people up. But I I think that if he does try to end fossil fuels, then I think we just need to have farmers protest I don't know. What do you think?
0: No, I I think the whole thing with the Keystone Pipeline is a horrible decision uh, on President Biden's but, the behalf. And if you look at both decisions, like his first decision compared to Trump, his, Trump's first decision in office was to do the travel ban that uh, was going on um, from day one. And he promised that he was going to do that, you know, because and I don't know. I look at when I see what he's doing with the Keystone Pipeline. You know, when I saw the union workers coming out, complaining about the issue, i'm just saying like they had like the problems they were having and the, the jobs being lost and people's you know careers being ruined because of this and it just to me is a situation i look at i'm like what is the point and, it, and it's like it's okay it's for environment reasons but we've shown under democrat president starting with jimmy carter that anytime we just focus on an environment issue supposedly focus on environment and you know try to do like you know the wind turbines and uh the you know all the different uh, I forget to call them the sun you know i forget the name of the the Technology to use, but it's just been proven the point is it's proven not to work, and it's like you say, like we're better off just doing things the way we've been doing it the, the original way, you know. And you know, actually, at the Inconvenient Truth, I thought we were just done with this whole environment thing. Because if you look at Inconvenient Truth, we we're supposed to have global warming occurring, and that was going to just you know, be the end of America and all this stuff that now, when we're looking at it, you know, we're noticing if the scientists are coming out saying there's been more of a, a cooling of the earth in the past 20 years and there's been a warming going on so it's the, there's no science backing anything they're saying when it comes to this environment situations that they always use to attack the keystone pipeline situation and i just no i i really don't agree with this at all um i mean there's not any i mean he's already uh, took away a lot of trump's executive orders that he's passed um just from day one and he's just moving us back to more of an obama administration presidency and to me that to me was a horrible presidency the slowest GDP growth ever in American history. Uh, I mean, Obamacare, what it did to people's tax returns when they were you know, getting deducted money because they didn't have Obamacare because they're in between work or didn't have a job because the GDP growth was so slow and the job growth was slow, so slow under his presidency. So we already see, you know, like I said, you can see the mile away. Biden's showing you from the jump what he's going to be doing while he's president, which is just going to be uh Obama of two 2.0 pretty much. And I'm sure that earpiece that people think that's in his ear. I mean, I'm not saying that it is or not. But it, if it was, I guarantee Obama's the one talking in his ear. And that is what we're seeing right now. He's just going back to Obama's, you know, pattern of presidency, sending even sending more troops back to Syria as we're seeing right now as well. So, all we're witnessing right now is just Obama 2.0. I agree. Let
1: me read this super chat real quick and put it on the screen here. E Jackson thank you for the super chat E Jackson says I agree 100% however if we do not focus on election integrity and immigration control we will not be able to win future elections that's the elites plan it worked in 2020 also you have have you read T Soul I'm assuming he's referring to Thomas Soul what uh what do you what do you have to say to him
0: All right well you know yes the answer is question I have read Thomas Soul uh Thomas Soul is a great man uh he was one of the voices that I heard prior to doing what I'm doing like this, him and Larry Elder were the two really strong voices that were, that really resonated with me when I was on the Democratic side of things. And when I started slowly in 2012, it's the first time I started looking at Republican Party in a serious way with uh, Ron Paul and Herman Cain. And of course, media messed up both those guys' chances and threw us Mittens, Mitt Romney at us. But anyways, but one of the people that were listening to me on, when it came to uh, just the, like a a radio host or somebody who, you know, just was on YouTube and talking was Thomas Sowell and Larry Older. They were the ones who really were resonating with me. So yes, I definitely, um, did read his book. And I also, um, read his book. What I believe I got the name. is like, it's like white Republicans, black Democrats or, or something like that. I forgot the name, the title of it, but it talks about the history of America and the black, um, history in America and how a lot of the thug culture originated from Scotland. Um, if you really do your research and they're the ones who kind of pass that kind of behavior of the single parent household and everything like that along to American culture. And so he really taught me a lot about the history of my, my of the America of my, me as a black man. He taught me a lot of that kind of history, very wise, very intelligent man. But uh, yes, I, I do believe that if the Republican party also, if they're going to be successful in the future, election integri- integrity has to be number one on the list. That has to be no ifs, ands, and buts about it. No questions asked no hesitation hesitating we could never take elect- election elections seriously again in the future unless we protect election integrity and also if you want american people to come out and still believe in what america stands for then you got to let people make it clear that the election is from this point on it's going to be looked at in a serious way and yes immigration as well is very important in my opinion because you know i was one reason i voted for trump because he said he's going to build a wall and like i wanted a wall built even before trump ran like I thought that I just thought that's common sense. You know, any great country has a border secure in their country. It's not about being racist or, you know, you're, you're hating another group of people. It's about just, you know, if you want somebody on your homeland, you want to make sure they're not a criminal or, you know, a rapist or a murderer or anything like that. So it's just common sense. You just do it the a, a, a proper way. Let people come over here properly and get properly vetted before they come here. It's not too much asking. So, yeah, I think a lot of the things that the conservative values and that's why I think Trump got so much attention because what Trump ran on was a lot of conservative values. So, yes, we stick to the conservative values and we stick to what MAGA, a lot of what the MAGA movement was standing for and what was fighting for under the Trump presidency. Yes. Then the, the, the right has a great future uh, ahead of them. And it comes to poli- politics, but they got to keep that focus. We cannot turn into the rhino establishment, Mitt Romney Republican Party or the Jeb Bush Republican Party. You know, we need to go the the, uh, the Ted, Ted Cruz route of, you know, what Trump did, his route, the Matt Gates route. You know, those kind of um, politics, politicians on the right is where we need to focus on being like more like that kind of movement.
1: Exactly. And yeah, part of this movement is participating in your local elections. I mean, it starts with the local elections. He said, you know, if we don't focus on election integrity and cleaning up how we run elections, then we're doomed. And he's exactly right. I I think I hope that uh, uh, patriots in Pennsylvania and Michigan and uh, Wisconsin, Nevada, uh, all over the country uh, you know pay attention to what's going on, join these these committees and boards and go to town halls and pay attention and participate in the election process because it starts on the local level. We have a decentralized election process which means it's harder for them to actually rig it at a national level. I mean if they were able to they would have easily stolen Florida. but what it comes down to is we voted for Ron DeSantis over Andrew Gillum. If Andrew Gillum were the governor of Florida, Florida would have turned blue and Florida would probably stay blue because he would put things in place to make sure that he gets reelected. He definitely wouldn't have fired Brenda Snipes, who was the election oversight person. I forget the actual job title uh, over the largest county in the state. It could have come down to just one county that determined Florida turning red versus blue. So it's little things like that. But then also Thomas. So I want to answer the other part of his question. One of my favorite Thomas Sowell quotes is people have gotten so used to special treatment that equal treatment seems like discrimination. And it's so spot on accurate when you tell people like, hey, it's, it's especially true in the black community. Like, hey, you're not stupid. You can do this on your own. You don't need the government. Facts. People see that is racist. The left will tell them that's racist. It's racist to tell people that they can do it on their own. After years of systemic oppression and racism and stuff like that, they tell people that it's racist and people get offended when you tell them, like, hey, you don't need this. You can do it on your own. You're smart enough. You're not going to get special treatment. You're going to get equal treatment. There's not going to be equality of outcome. There's going to be equality of opportunity. And for the most part, we have equality of opportunity. What the left is upset about is they they're uncomfortable with the uneven outcomes. The best example of that." of unequal outcomes is if you plant four trees in your backyard, give them the same amount of fertilizer, water, sunlight, they're going to grow to different height. They're going to produce different amounts of fruit. If they're a fruit tree, they're going to have different outcomes. That's just nature. That's just the reality of it. You could have four kids growing up in the same household with the same amount of hugs and kisses from mom and dad, the same amount of birthday presents, the same amount of resources and opportunities. You could send them to the same school, but guess what? One might be a doctor. One might be a drug addict. One might drop out and have kids because people have make their own decisions. They have their they have different skills, abilities, talents. There's just going to be different outcomes. That's just the way it is. The left's uncomfortable with it. So they want to artificially create everybody, um, create the same outcome for everyone, which this is a perfect segue into another one of Biden's promises. Or I don't know if it was an executive order or something that he's trying to push for now Oh, I
0: don't cut you off. But uh, I, I, I missed. I wanted to get this correct because it's important. Because uh, I meant the, the Thomas Sowell book I was referring to earlier. I just had pulled up. I was paying attention to you. I just had to look over a second. Black rednecks and white liberals. I recommend listeners out there check that book out. He's to talk about the history of the black community in America, and he breaks it down in very great detail. I'll make sure I got that right. I want to, you know, Thomas. So out of respect yeah. for folks, you know, but Thomas
1: Sowell, oh, brilliant man, brilliant, brilliant man. I listened to a lot of him. Dinesh D'Souza and Jordan Peterson when I first got into politics and a lot of information there. Thomas Sowell is one of the best, but uh, All,
0: all powerful leaders you just mentioned, by the way.
1: Yeah, definitely. So this $15 an hour minimum wage, that is, I don't know if there was an EO on it. I don't know if it is just federal jobs. I haven't looked into it yet, but I know that's one of his promises. That's the Bernie Sanders thing is the fight for 15 what are your thoughts on the minimum wage being up to $15 an hour?
0: Uh, it's not going to work. I mean, I remember when we were talking about this with the whole fast food restaurant business, how do you want to, oh, if you, it's a fast food restaurant, $15 an hour or $10 an hour or whatever it was at the time. And you, if anybody knows, I mean, I'm not a big fast food eater myself, you know what I mean? But when I when you go to almost a fast food restaurant you see now, it has those machines you see now. When you walk in, you hit the button of what you want to order and everything like that. So it shows you already how the, the that in, in a small way, cause it starts in a small way. Usually, you know, they do, when you try to push these like policies out, they try doing like a small little testing level and see what happens. So that was to me, them kind of testing the waters. And if you look at these fast food places now, like I said, it's most of them like six forty percent of the employees are machines. So it's this it's business. It is what it is. If you make a business uh, CEO of a business say, Hey, look, you got to start paying your employees this much money. The first thing that's going to come is money. is like, he's this bottom dollar. How can I still get the same production out, or almost the same amount of production out, without less with less labor? So I can make back the money that I'm losing with these new policies. And so that's what's going to happen to me with this whole. In on a, in a, on a, when it comes to regards to the entire country if they try to pass these federal, uh, you know, this federal law with the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. And it's just to me, it's just like I said, it's just we tried this before, it never works, it never. It, I don't know why we just keep going through these policies over and over and over again. And I remember even when Obama was president. When he had uh, the you know, whole situation with, you know, uh, the companies have to you know, accept Obamacare and, and getting, their boy, uh, getting their employees uh, blowing some kind of health care plan. And so what they were doing was they would change the work hours to 36 hours a week. They'll do this work the week around so the employee wouldn't get a full 40 hours in. So they're technically not a full time employee. So they don't get full time benefits. So, again, it's a hustle. It's a business. It's like you when you implement these policies, a CEO, somebody who knows how to do a business. They're thinking way different from the everyday, you know, middle class, upper middle class American where it's like, you know, we hear this. Oh, $50, $50 an hour. Oh, that sounds good. Everybody get, making good money. That sounds nice. But in reality, when a CEO hears this or somebody on that level hears it, they're looking how to pretty much screw people over to, to keep their money. And, you know, that's just going to happen on a federal on a, in a country level if they try to pass this.
1: Yeah. And they won't stop at 15. How long? First of all, how do they even decide that 15 is a magical number? I hate the term livable wage because who decides what's livable? What's livable for you might not be livable for me. Mm. Right. When they say affordable, like you don't determine what's affordable for everybody. There's no one size fits all solution to that. And with these with the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage, all you are going to have is, you know, the the business owner, if it's a hardware store, especially if it's a small business, if he's being forced to pay his employees $15 an hour, he's going to make that up by passing the cost off to you, the consumer. So if you're making $15 an hour, well, now everything that you have to buy is going to cost more. So your $15 an hour is basically neutralized by the cost of everything going up to compensate for the small business owner that can't afford to pay everybody $15 an hour. You're also going to see layoffs. And like you said, they're going to accelerate automation. They'll send more jobs overseas. It's just a way to bankrupt people. It just makes their financial well-being worse off. It doesn't improve the quality of life of anybody. And if you're in a situation right now where you're struggling to make ends meet, if you have three kids or whatever, and you're working at McDonald's and you're trying to support a family, well, let's, let's get to the root of the problem because you shouldn't be working at McDonald's trying to support a family. <laughs> maybe there's something else going on maybe there's another skill you can learn maybe there's something else there because nobody in my opinion should be trying to raise a family on minimum wage i mean i had a minimum wage job once upon a time it was in high school in college i made a little bit more but i didn't work as often so the, these kind of jobs that are already there are for people that you know could use them at that time in their life but as you get older as you grow more skills as you, you know get more experience in whatever field you're in, you should be moving up. It shouldn't be like, well, I should do the same amount of work my whole life and I should just make more based on the cost of living going up. That's not the way the world works. But again, that's that's the inverted reality they're trying to create where they can just artificially structure society in a way where everybody has the same outcome. It never has happened. It never will happen. And what, what else- I'm saying.
0: And you're absolutely right. And what it also done does to, in my opinion, is hampers people full potential. So, you know, like you said, when we were younger, once upon a time, you know, when we were working our first jobs, you know, making, you know, $7 an hour, five fifteen an hour for my first job, Baskin Robbins when I was 14. But, you know, what I learned was, you know, that the basic work skills, like, you know, getting up at a certain time, going to work on time, you know, just, you know, the job was very easy. But, you know, I learned the basic work skills at that job. Now, if they would have given me $50,000 an hour, in my mind, I'd be like, wow, I make this much money just doing this. Why leave? Why? All I got to do is make scoop ice cream, make $50,000 an hour. I'm not going to leave this. And if I would have been working at Baskin Robbins, say, until I'm 30 years old, then I never would have done all the other jobs I did in, in my you know life that I've lived, where I left Baskin Robbins at a very young age, went to Burger King, left Burger King, went door-to-door, became a manager door-to-door, started going up, 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 up in life because I wanted to make more money. And then, as an adult now, I, I'm starting to. I feel like I'm near my full potential, trying to reach closer to my full potential than I definitely would have been if they would have done, gave me the money that I would have deserved at my first job. I would have been stuck there longer. It would have been a longer process for me to get to where I'm at now. So, people got to realize, like, part of life is working little cheesy jobs for no money, and you got a, a crappy boss who you know gives you a hard time, and you know, you you got to kind of go through like the rough patches to get to like the good. Goodness in life, and when you get to that part in life that you know you're starting to enjoy it more, you're going to appreciate it a lot more because you're going to remember what you had to go through to get what you have. So these are just basic life things. And what the what the left is trying to do, like you said, they're trying to manipulate your life. They're trying to like they got like a narrative of life that they feel that every certain Americans follow. If you're black, you should be following this narrative. If you're a white male, you should be this following this narrative. If you're a gay, you got to be following this narrative. And they just try to put people in these boxes. And it prevents people our safe spaces that they like to call them, but it prevents people for to me is reaching their full potential. And that to me is not is, that's un- as that's as un-American as you can get, in my opinion. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You don't work. You don't eat. It's just that simple. So yeah. let's talk about another one of Biden's executive orders, his executive order that makes insulin more expensive. This is him doing the bidding of big pharma, just like he's doing the bidding of big oil. He's doing the bidding of big pharma pharmaceutical companies want your prescription drugs to be as expensive as possible because they want to turn a profit. But under Trump, he said that they have to pass down the discount to the consumer on insulin. And I think there's another drug that I can't pronounce, or it's not coming to mind right now, but it's to treat diabetes. So right off top, why is that his one of his top priorities? And, and two, he's doing the bidding of big pharma. What do you think about that?
0: Okay, well, you say mention insulin, as we know, that's diabetes and who, what and what community of people in America are most affected by diabetes? The black community. What happened to Black Lives Matter? You know, I hate to take it there to to, to the skin color thing, but I'm like the left's got me so entrapped in thinking about skin color, the way they govern and what they talk and the way they pander. It's like you guys are so good to talk about that. But the first thing you do when you're in office is raise the price of insulin, which is going to affect quite a few black people especially black people who are on government assistance or who are struggling. So it's like the hypocrisy right there alone. This tells you that this this not a president that cares about people's lives and livelihood. All they care about is the personal gain is what they care about at the end of the day. And so I think this I, I personally, Mike, didn't even know that. You just mentioned it. Um, I just heard it. This is my first time hearing it now. And that's just disturbing to me. It's disgusting. because I, I have family members with diabetes problems, uh, family members with high blood pressure issues. So I just know in the black community how we're affected when it comes to the pharmaceutical, um, industry and how you know a lot of us need medications that we need, and so that fact that he's making this the top priority, one of his top priorities, just says immediately alone like, do we have to wait four years to find out this guy's not for the American people? Do we got to? I mean, I mean, we're going to have to do because he's president, or whatever. But I'm just saying now, just from a political commentary level. This is not looking good. And this is going to get worse and worse and worse, especially if this is one of his top policies. And especially when you look at Trump and you look at what Trump said in America first, you really are starting to understand what the, what he meant by those words. Because we he, a lot of his policies that he passed always, a lot of them focus on benefiting American citizens. Like you're an American citizen, a lot of his policies that he passed was going to benefit you. And, you know, and that's comes with lower taxes when it comes to the First Step Act. Uh, when it comes to, you know, just, uh, you know, the platinum plan for black small businesses, he had all of his policies he was passing. We're all trying to be there to help out the American citizens one way or another. And now you're looking at Biden and his first policies, um, laws he's trying to pass nothing that's really has anything to do with American people at all. That's going to benefit us. If anything, anything he does that relates to us, it's going to affect us in a negative way, which is not putting to me, putting country first.
1: Exactly. Let me get this super chat real quick. E Jackson says also the unequal outcomes would be helped by school choice and axing most welfare programs. The left pushes those, though, to maintain control slash suppress people. That's true. Yeah. Um, school choice is another thing that President Trump supported and Democrats are against is especially in the black community where the schools suck in cities like Baltimore and Detroit and L.A., People are prisoners to their zip code, so the kids have to go to the school, and the money gets funneled to the school board, where the money should be following the kid, not the other way around. Mm. So the President Trump supported charter schools and um, parents being able to choose and having the the right to choose. I mean, it's your kid, right? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're just anti freedom, anti liberty. It's just that simple. That's it's a that good group. example. It's so true. So his, his next uh, was his next one here. Uh, yeah, he, he halted the border wall construction, which puts a lot of jobs in limbo, obviously puts national sovereignty in limbo. And it inspired another caravan of migrants, maskless migrants, mind you, that came from, I think, Honduras or something, or maybe Guatemala. I, all I know is the Guatemalan police department or their military, or whatever, they stopped the caravan before they could go forward. So that's a good thing. But what does that say about this dude, man? He's so anti-American. I'm not surprised by it, but people are going to be shocked because they thought he was going to do the right thing. So, what do you think about it?
0: I think we're heading. We were heading in 2016. We were heading down that route with Hillary Clinton. Calling, you know, they and if you see what she was talking about right before her election. She was telling you a lot of policies that Biden's doing now, she was going to do in 2016. That's what was so scary about her presidency. That's why I say when Trump went, I was like, oh, my God, thank goodness. But now that Trump's out of office and we got Biden, I said like Obama 2.0, it's back to these policies again. And if you want to see where this is going to eventually end up for us, if we keep going down this route, all you got to do is look at Europe. Um, I remember when the whole situation happened with be Benghazi with Hillary Clinton and Obama and you know the, all the lies and everything around that. And then we had the refugee crisis after that. When the refugees were heading up from North, Afri- North Africa North and Syria and they're heading to Europe I was I was watching that very very strong because I grew up in Europe as a little child my dad's military I was successful by wall I, like I, said, I as a kid I lived there for five years so I always like keep eye out on Europe and Germany and what's going on over there so I was watching them because you know their country has a lot of history a lot more history in Europe than what's going on in America you know and especially in Germany. So I was like, and they're you know very you know civilized people, and all that good stuff like that. So when the caravans, all the caravans are coming, to all the refugees from these third world countries. I want to see what Angela Merkel's and Theresa May's and Macron's and Sadiq Khan's of the world. I want to see what they were going to do. Uh, if they're going to let these people in here, or are they going to like be logical and stop them coming in? Not because they're bigots or racists, but because this is a third world country coming to um, a modern society, is and that just doesn't work at all ever. And they just opened them, like welcome in, open arms. Oh, come on in! And they had pictures with Angela Merkel hugging different immigrants and you know it's this all this p- political pandering gain is all they did it for it wasn't they didn't care about the citizens of the country they just wanted to get votes and they saw all they saw was voters potential voters coming in across the border and let them in and then you see the rape cases, the murder cases the crime the drugs everything increase greatly all over Europe you know Sweden Germany, France, Italy all these countries got affected their crime rate went up drastically after they let these refugees in. And they are to this day, as you see, struggling with dealing with the establishment in the media like we are. And when it comes to politicians and everything else, but they were implementing these policies like probably 10, 15 years prior to what we're dealing with right now. So now Biden's trying to implement these policies here in America. Europe has already did it 10 or 15 years ago. And you're seeing how about neg- negatively, uh, I'm sorry, negatively they're getting affected over there. And that's going to be the same situation over here if we go down that route. History repeats, man, and people are blind and not looking at the bigger picture. But if you just look and do enough research, you can see it's not, you know. And I'm not a person that likes to sit back and just say, "Aha, oh, that I told you so," because I told you I didn't do it with the Bernie Sanders supporters, um, and I'm doing it with the leftists now. But you know, we're heading down a dark path right now, and I'm just, you know, and I know God's in control. That's why I'm not too stressed out, but. If we don't change things around, we are going to end up like a lot of the countries in Europe, how they ended up. And that's not going to be a good ending for us.
1: That's so true. And Biden also ordered ICE to release all deportees that were being held for trial. So that already doing the bidding of criminals, doing the bidding of people who were rightfully detained. Now it's like, go ahead and release them. So we'll see more crime going up. I mean, especially in places where they have sanctuary cities. You know, the, the far left, their push was to defund ICE. So they're going to put pressure on Biden. It, rem- it remains to be seen how much of the far left he will embrace, how much of their bidding he will do. Seems like right now he's just bowing to his globalist puppet masters. But it's possible that he throws in some of the far left stuff. We know Kamala Harris will. So oh, when course. he when she eventually takes office, she'll basically be like AOC. She might even make AOC her freaking uh, vice president at that point. Who knows? But it's the people that are calling to defund ICE, defund the police, uh, empower criminal activity, make communities less safe while drugs flow in from south of the border. You'll see more fentanyl overdose deaths happen. You'll see a bunch of things happen if uh, if Biden starts doing the bidding of the far left. But already by ordering ICE to release these criminals, it seems like he's, he's well on his way to
0: doing that. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, he, de- he definitely is. Um, like I said, he, this country was so, b- b- you know, strongly affected by, you know, the, the what happened with the border with so many illegal immigrants coming over here and, the and the drug trade and how it just, you know, you know, cause the, my generation, we grew up, it was the, you know, the prescription medications that were, you know, an issue and, you know what would happen was like uh, oxy, oxycoding, uh I believe it's called. It's like a like almost like a pill form of heroin. And a lot of my friends who I grew up with at a young age would get their parents, you know, because of the pharmaceutical industry and how they work with the left and how they just were pretty much giving people heroin pills with for for you know just for having a bad day at work. You know, here's take this, and they were getting addicted, and then they'll go and go to um, from a, the weaker form to a stronger form, which is just pure heroin. And since a lot of these, you know, legal immigrants are come over here and get involved in a drug trade, it was easy accessibility to go from one end to another. Because I remember, so I remember a period in the early, mid, early 2000s where it was just out of control, where people's whole lives were being destroyed by what was getting done when it came to the, uh, the legal drug trade, uh, when it came to this, uh, you know, people, when it came to the job market, you know, a lot of these uh, immigrants who were coming over here, illegal immigrants were coming over here working under the table because they can't work you know, uh, getting put on, you know, anybody's payroll or anything like that. So they were working for, you know, cheap because, you know, like you said, who, who knows, but who knows what livable wage is because like a wage for somebody who's in the Hamptons is somebody different, from somebody coming over here from, you know, a third world country. So these people were working for pennies on a dime, proudly and happy. That's a lot of money to them. And a lot, a lot of businesses, of course, were saying, Hey, look, I can just hire all these people to do manual labor for this cheap amount of money and not have to pay. People who are american citizens who are experienced who have college degrees and you know because it's just the uh, bottom dollar and that's all that's going to happen man like everything like i said everything they seem like to the left tries to get done is just every policy is just policies that i know it's going to affect american people in a negative way and this is you know when it comes to immigration that's all they're doing and people they and they always use talking points and they'll come out and do little ads or whatever to make it seem like, oh, we're so inclusive. We're, we just want people from all around the world to come here. We're America. We're the country of everybody and all that stuff. So, so they use the pandering to get people to think, like, oh, they're doing this just because they care. But in reality, like Europe showed us and America, it's going to do the same thing. They're just doing this because all they see is potential voters. And it's and what these uh, illegal immigrants don't understand is what the black community is realizing now is after Republicans and the whole you know situation happened when the Republican Party ended slavery and they had the black vote how Democrats had to get it back was they pandered. they say, oh, no, we're here to help. Come on, come on on our side. We're inclusive. Everybody come in. And when they have you come in and have the point where they feel they have under the control over you, then they implement their narrative or implement their laws to control you. And it's all about control. So, you know, they might come to legal immigrants in a way that's like, oh, they understand where they're coming from. They're here to help, but they're not here to help. And that's what the whole thing is. is and if it's, and it's, they get their ways and the population is controlled by You just people that don't know this, then there's going to be a bunch of pretty much a sheeple mentality, I call it, of people who are just following a party in its laws and policies and implementing them and helping them push them on other people. And it's just, like I said, it's just a dictatorship. It's fascism. And that's all it is in a day. And that's why, to me, this neo-Marxist movement on the left is so dangerous because it's the perfect ideology for that mindset of control is that kind of ideology is neo-Marxism.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, a couple more questions for you. Now we're starting to see under Biden that these Democrat states are doing what Florida did since May, which was follow the science, and they're starting to open up. And this is after this contradicts Biden when he said that the darkest days were ahead. You know, CNN is not using the ticker anymore, the death ticker. They were fear mongering just two months ago really just a month ago, they were fearmongering about COVID and how the deaths are going to go up and there's a new strain and we can't go back to normal until we've vaccinated X amount of people. And now Democrat states, I know that uh, California is doing it and it looks like New York, they want to do it. Now they're trying to open up and I think it'll backfire just like basically everything else they do. It'll backfire because now people in your state, people in California, people in all these liberal states that were shut down for months, they can see like, Well, now you're going to open up. They can see that their lives were played with. Their lives were played with over a political game that was never about COVID. It was about authoritarianism and it was about making the president look bad. So now they're opening up. Now it's like, well, you just shut me down, put me out of work. I gained a bunch of weight. I couldn't go to the gym. I got depressed over the winter, couldn't see my family, but it was all a lie. You did it all for your own personal gain. And now you're saying we can open up. I think it will backfire.
0: What do you think? I think I think you're right. My sister, you know, love her to death, but, you know, she's on the left and all that good stuff. And I, you know, treat family and friends similar um, when it comes to politics is, you know, I'll mention it to something to them beforehand. And then when it plays out, I remind them, you know, remember when we talked about this and I said that when it came to covid, if Democrats had gained gained back control while this is going on, guarantee it will be over the next day. And my sister was like, oh, no, 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 this is serious. da. da, da. So when Andrew Cuomo came out recently and said that he's going to start reopening New York, um, this is on the 21st, the day after the inauguration. He says, we're going to stop reopening New York, but we're going to do it, uh, you know, properly and safely. Or, he used try, you know, you know, the left loves to use the little terms or whatever. He used some kind of terminology to say how they're going to do it. That's going to, like, make it OK. So I said, I texted that, that that quote from Twitter and I said, you know, oh, I guess we found a cure for uh, with COVID. It's, it was it's sleepy Joe Biden. That's all we needed was Joe Biden and there would have been no COVID. You know, and she was like, no, this is foolish. I hope he doesn't do this. I hope this is not real. I'm like, it's reality. I'm like, this is really happening. And I'm like, showing it. to, And I'm like, like didn't I tell you that they're they're gonna playing politics with this? And I knew it back, even on the first day, this, this whole situation happened. Because I was watching it when, you know, what's going on with China beforehand and everything. So, you know, it started getting affected here in the States around February, late February, mid, late February. People's businesses started getting affected and everything like that. And in March hit, and they did this, I had my first video I did. If you go back all the way back to my first COVID video, when I was doing my walk and talk, walking through Brooklyn, I had no mask, no gloves, faith over fear was my quote I was using. I said, I'm not going to do what, I'm not going to do none of this. I don't believe it. Um, you know, and I carried it like that because I just knew just the timing of it. I looked at, I know how the left is, how they were playing politics, so much important stuff in America before this, like impeaching a president on a, a Russiagate lie. And it was all line. We knew it was live, but they're still pushing it through. So I already knew that the establishment was at a point where they're willing to push anything onto the country and do whatever it took to push that narrative. So when this came, I didn't even, you know, even when it came to a, a so called disease, I was looking at it like, I don't trust it. I don't believe it. I don't trust the media talking about it. And as it played out, as time went by and the doctors started coming out saying that they were getting forced to misdiagnose patients with COVID and put them on ventilators where it has a 30% survival rate. And they were pretty much murdering patients at that point. And they couldn't do that. And they had to come out and, you know, step out of the, their, their careers, put the careers on a line to come out and say what they were saying. That confirmed even further that this was all politics. So I knew the like, you know, when I got to that point, when like I said of like a couple weeks prior to the inauguration, when I pretty much said, okay, Biden's going to be the next president, whatever. I said, OK, well, at least I want to see what they're going to do with this whole COVID thing, because I'm in New York City, where if you walk around New York City, you would think people here, they don't play around. Everybody here has a mask. 99.9, 99.9% of people walking around New York City wear a mask. I don't wear it at all. I don't wear it on a train. I don't wear it on a bus. I don't wear it when I go, to, I go to a business. If a business, somebody comes up to me, asks me to put a mask on, I'll put it on just to get my what a product I need to get and I'll leave. But people really are diehard believers here. Of that, and people have lost their careers and their businesses because of COVID. People have lost family members because of COVID. This because you know people have been physically abused in households because they're trapped cabin fever with their you know all day, and kids are you know losing losing proper education because of this. So people's lives have really been affected in a negative way because of this COVID situation. So if we open things up the next day, and like you said, if people realize that they've been getting lied to over a political game, it is going to affect the left and very big negative way and that's why i was mentioning er earlier about the pendulum swinging and it's swinging it's up it's up in the air now and on the right hand side of things and it's about to swing and then when it swings down it's going to smack the left in my opinion and that's what we're about to witness soon and joe biden's presidency is going to be what's going to cause that
1: Hey man, blessing in disguise well i appreciate you uh being a guest on the channel man this was great guys please subscribe to this man christopher wright conservative in new york conservative in ny I should have pinned it in the comments. I forgot to do that, but uh, I'll pin it afterwards.
0: Uh, Guys, follow him. Tell them where else they can find you. All right. You guys can find me. uh, Me, WeMe, Gab, Freely, Parler, all of these, the new social media platforms, Rumble. Um, If you can't look, look for the best ways to find me, because there's so many many platforms on right now, it's kind of hard to (laughs) <laughs> figure out what is my title on each one so many is keep up now but the best way to find me like i said just if you're on any platform look for it, the christopher wright show or chris wright n n y that's i n n y that's it then going to spell it out i n n y chris wright i n n y and if you worst case scenario just go on google or DuckDuckGo go more likely uh and just put in my name christopher wright and you'll see me pop up in different platforms and uh, my website is www.christopherrightnyc.com is my main homepage. And that kind of links you to a lot of my other, um, platforms from there. But like I said, the Christopher Wright show, man, that's, it's coming at you. Uh, magnificent, of course is always welcome. that speak with me. He's a, you're a real Patriot brother. And I appreciate you bringing me on to, you know, speak my mind with you, man. I always love conversing with you, man. You're a real strong, you know, true believer in patriotism and freedom and, uh, you know, we got mutual minds think alike. You know what I mean?
1: Amen. Amen. God bless. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Make sure you hit the thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow this man and we'll catch you in the next stream. All right. God
0: bless.